like most people we meet with, you have concerns about what happens to your money after your lifetime. You know, it could be subject to bankruptcy, creditors, loss to taxes, reckless spending, or even a future divorce. There are some planning solutions to protect and control your money even after you're gone, and we're going to talk about that this morning. Hello and welcome to the Wealth Guardians Radio Show. I'm your host, Doug Ray, and I appreciate you spending some of your weekend with us. Bryce is here again with me in the studio. Bryce, how's it going, man? I'm doing okay. How are you doing, Doug? I'm doing great coming off that wonderful Masters weekend last week. Boy, that was, that was some fun stuff to watch, I tell you. It really was. And, I, I, you know, I, I was so happy for Tiger to win, although I was really pulling for Phil. But, uh, you know, to come back from what he came back from is just it's a, an amazing human achievement. Absolutely. I saw his, his son there. Just none of, his son has never seen him win. A major tournament before. That was amazing. Yeah. From finally to get to see what his dad was all about all those years ago. Hats off. All right. Uh, for those of you new to Ray Financial and the Wealth Guardians, uh, it's a local independent firm, and we work with folks who are 10 years uh, ahead of retirement as well as those who are already retired. And, you know, most people don't know how to turn their retirement savings accounts into steady flow of income once they aren't drawing that paycheck anymore. And I've focused my practice over the years to specialize in retirement income planning. And we believe there's two powerful truths when it comes to finances and retirement. Number one, what got you to retirement is not necessarily going to get you through retirement. And number two, Losses mean more than gains in retirement once you aren't drawing that paycheck. And folks, we practice as fiduciaries, which means we are required to make recommendations that are in your best interest, not ours. And just so you're aware, not every advisor that you speak to out there operates as a fiduciary. We do. That's exactly right. Uh, Very important. Before we get started, as always on this show, I want to salute our military and our first responders and our veterans. Thank you for your sacrifice and everything you've done for us. We really appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Doug, do you think there is a misconception out there about trusts? I mean, my take is that people have a perception that trusts are only for the uber-wealthy. Uh, But really, trusts are an effective tool used by millions of average people to really protect and control money that they've worked hard to earn and want to pass on, right? You know, Bryce, I think you're right. Um, You know, because we had uh, rule distribution changes made to IRAs and other types of retirement accounts over the last few years, proper distribution planning is more important than ever. You know, one specific trust addresses this and it's becoming more popular and effective with issues that can become a problem when you inherit an IRA or any kind of retirement money. It's called an IRA trust. It's a special type of revocable trust designed to receive retirement account money for the benefit of your beneficiaries after you pass away. And there's two main benefits. It's protection and control. Many times an IRA account is one of the largest assets owned by retirees and then passed on to their heirs. You know, sometimes inheritance are large sums of money, and that can cause problems. You know, beneficiaries, they could lose this money to creditors, to divorces, even taxes. So, you know, additionally, recent Supreme Court rulings said inherited IRAs are not, I repeat, not protected from bankruptcy. That's right. 
So if heir gets into financial trouble and files bankruptcy an inherited IRA, those dollars are not protected like they would be from the original owner. And sadly, sometimes heirs blow their inheritance with just crazy, reckless, stupid spending. Very common, yep. You know, the the joke out there that uh, I like to tell sometimes when I give talks is, uh, you know, I really believe you need to enjoy your money because if you don't, your kids will. Uh, and fortunately, the, the, the statistics there are to prove it. And this is where an IRA trust comes in. It offers protection. It allows the owner, for instance, to control the payout versus lump sum if concerns let, say, a child or, or a grandchild just simply can't or won't handle large sums very wisely. And most people don't even know that this type of trust even exists. So we're going to spend a little bit of time today going over an IRA trust in detail. Okay. So that's a solid overview to start us off, Doug. Um, explain specifically what an IRA trust is, how it works, and, and what the benefits are of that. Well, by definition, Bryce, an IRA trust is a revocable trust designed to receive funds from retirement accounts such as IRAs, 401ks, and 403bs, and other types of retirement accounts that could be- benefit any kind of an IRA owner's loved ones or beneficiaries. So... As an example, an IRA trust can be created so that a parent who has a retirement account can name the IRA trust as the beneficiary of the account and then name their children, or grandchildren even, as the recipients of the trust. Okay. What about the spouse? Don't most people name their spouses as their beneficiary before the kids? I mean, does the IRA trust not include the spouse? Oh, no. No, spouses are protected here. You know, they're, they're still included. Under most circumstances, IRA owners names the spouse as the primary beneficiary to protect them first. Okay. Then there's three options for naming contingent beneficiaries. First, they could just do it directly on the beneficiary statement. Right. The benefit here is children can get the stretch out of the account over their own lifetime. The stretch, what are you talking about? What do you mean? Well, when a retirement account is inherited, it's a taxable event. Right. The owner has contributed money pre-tax. When it comes out of that account, you've got to pay tax on it. There's no way around that. That's Uncle Sam's portion. He gets it. Right. And even when you die, that's true. So if you haven't taken all the money out and paid taxes, your heirs are going to have to do it for you. Since retirement accounts can be large, this can be a huge tax problem for them. It Hmm. often throws them right into the highest tax bracket. Wow. Okay. So if the IRA is a stretch, then beneficiaries can stretch out the tax payments. They're only paying taxes on an amount they withdraw each year. Okay. And if withdrawals are limited, then you can control the tax liability. If an heir doesn't need or want to take money out, then they can just withdraw withdraw what is called the required minimum distribution, which is typically smaller than what it would be for their parents because they're younger. So this is saving them taxes in a sense. Oh, absolutely. It can save a lot because you aren't paying the full lump sum. But there is a drawback to naming children as a contingent beneficiary with this option, and it is that they're other asset protections for the retirement accounts for those beneficiaries. So the first option is name the kids as contingent beneficiaries, which allows them using the appropriate paperwork to set up the inherited IRA. But remember, there's no asset protection. 
The second option for contingent beneficiaries is a revocable living trust. And some asset protection is set up uh, when it's done properly. But the problem naming a revocable living trust as a contingent beneficiary is most revocable living trusts do not preserve the stretch payout provision. So the account is subject to the five-year rule, which means all assets have to be paid out over five years. So you lose some ability to control your tax liability. Okay. Well, so the second option, that provides some asset protection, but you lose the tax advantage of the stretch-out provision after five years. Is that how I'm understanding it? Yeah, and we don't generally recommend a revocable living trust as a beneficiary for an IRA because, again, you don't have the proper language to preserve the, the stretch. So the takeaway, the ability for the heirs to distribute the money and tax liability over their life expectancy. Well, it's, it's obvious that having to take those distributions and pay the taxes over a five-year period versus a longer cur- period could be a pretty big negative. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, having to do it quickly like that results in giving more of the inheritance back to Uncle Sam in the form of taxes. Okay. So is there any way that a person can get both asset protection and tax savings advantages at the same time. Yeah, and, you know, that's that's why you're listening to the show today. It's specifically about IRA trust. Most folks haven't heard of them and don't know the benefits. It gives all the protections discussed previously with the other two options, plus it has that language in there that's uh, required by the IRS to allow the stretched provision to exist. Okay. Plus, it can be divided into different subtrust if there's multiple beneficiaries or heirs, and giving each one a choice as to how they want to just take that distribution and pay the taxes. All right, so let me kind of give you a case study. Tell here. us a story here, Doug. So a few years back, um, we have a client's it's a second marriage. And in second marriages, typically, you know, you've got uh, children from from the previous uh, marriage, and and, that's a complicated issue. Plus, there were some other things going on in their situation that made it a little bit more complicated. Each one of them had uh, an IRA account. And um, so looking at that situation, I recommended that they go talk to an attorney about um, opening up uh, an IRA trust. Because we don't do these ourselves. We're not attorneys, and, and we don't uh, do, draw the documents up, but we, we do know when we need to refer you to an attorney, and we have several attorneys that we, we uh, have referred with referred in the past. At any rate, the bottom line here was what resulted was IRA trusts were drawn up for, for this couple because he had uh, you know children from a previous marriage. She did not, uh, but she had some nieces and nephews that she wanted her money to go to. But at the same time, he realized that if he predeceased her, that he wanted her to have an income beneficiary of his IRA account while she was alive. But then when she passed, he wanted that what was ever left of his IRA to go to his children. To his kids, yeah. Not. Yeah, okay. So IRA trusts were drawn up for both of them, and unfortunately, don't you know, in this situation, he did pass away last year. So now his IRA trust is um, is working exactly the way he wanted. It's giving her uh, an income, a monthly income, and then uh, you know, when she's done with it, whatever's left of that IRA trust is going to go to his children, and that stretch provision will be preserved for them. 
So it works really, really well uh, in a situation like that. So uh, if you have a question about these IRA trusts, if you think you might uh, benefit from one or, you know, if you just want to give us a call and, and talk to us about your situation, we'd be glad to, to sit down with you or just take you a phone call and, and see if, uh, you know, you need to go see an attorney about uh, an IRA trust. Our number is 336-391-391. 0-9. And folks, you can also learn more about us if you'd like. Uh, visit us on the web, www.thewealthguardians.com. We've got a lot of helpful information on this topic and many others out there for people approaching retirement. Well, folks, we're, uh, we do appreciate you listening. We're up against a quick break. You are listening to the Wealth Guardians radio show. When we come back, we'll continue this conversation about IRA trusts. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Wealth Guardians Radio Show, where we help our clients retire the job, but not the paycheck. And for listeners who are five to seven years or closer to retirement and like to confirm they're making the best decisions for retirement, we do offer a no-cost, no-obligation second opinion to make sure you're on the right path for your retirement dreams. Give us a call at 336-391-3409. Now, Doug, before the break, we were discussing what an IRA trust is, and I guess now we want to focus on the why, so to speak. If an IRA owner believes his or her children are responsible enough to do the proper stretch payout on their own, why do they need an IRA trust in the first place? Well, you know, even if you feel like your children are responsible enough to do the stretch on their own, you know, there's some laws, there's some time restrictions, there's RMDs that have to be followed very carefully. And, you know, the heirs, they just may not be aware of all these requirements. You know, I had a conversation uh, with a lady who called in, um, I guess this had been two, three years ago. She was supposed to inherit her mom's IRA, and uh, it was a fairly sizable IRA, I think, in the neighborhood of half a million dollars. Long story short is uh, her mom had made the estate the beneficiary of this IRA, well, she passed away, and guess what? You Watch know, out. the the monies went directly to the estate, fully taxable. Mm. So basically, in that scenario, uh, her daughter ended up losing nearly half of it to taxation. Wow. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure her mom probably didn't really understand the rules either and obviously didn't get competent advice about right. how to best leave that that IRA. So, you know, it's possible that even the child thinks they can just roll that inherited IRA also into their own IRA, and you just can't do that. That's that's a common misconception. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's just you just don't know the rules. Everybody's so busy these days. You know, the beneficiary just may not get the advice of professional advisors before contacting the custodian of the IRA to issue that check. And and when you do that, all kinds of mistakes can, can happen. And the rules change, too. They do. And even if you know all the rules and regulations, there's still some issues of protected the inherited IRA from claims from ex-spouses and creditors and lawsuits. So the point is, IRA trust sometimes are the best options. Okay, so you answered that question. So the short answer to that was is anything can happen and the IRA trust takes the uncertainties 
out of play just in case. Yeah, you know, Bryce, the old saying is life happens. I've heard that before. So basically an IRA trust combines the benefits all into one package is what I'm understanding. So does everyone with retirement dollars need an IRA trust? That's my next question. I mean, no pun intended, but how does somebody determine if they are quote unquote trustworthy? In other words, their assets are worth the efforts to set this up. You know, yeah, I guess the simple answer is uh, very small IRA accounts. Let's just say, you know, less than $100,000. They probably just don't need this kind of protection. And also, if people are not concerned about or don't have heirs or contingents, beneficiaries that need asset protection or tax control, it, it just doesn't make sense to set up an IRA trust. Okay. Well, I think sometimes the word trust comes with the perception of I guess losing control is that is that true with an IRA trust, Doug? No, great question. But and the short answer is no. Um, IRA trust is completely revocable, which means the IRA owner can make changes to the terms of the trust at any time, including getting rid of it altogether. Plus, the IRA trust only takes effect when the owner passes away. So no controls lost because the trust isn't even funded until they die. Interesting. Okay. So if the owner ends up using all the money in the IRA during their lifetime, then there's no issue, no limitations. The trust is only in effect once the IRA owner passes and if there is money left over to fund the trust. Now, you mentioned earlier one of the benefits of an IRA trust is protection from creditors. Aren't IRA dollars already protected from creditors? Good question. Federal law protects IRAs up to $1 million from bankruptcy, creditor claims, but state laws vary from state to state, basically on the amounts. But based on a law change recently, which came from a Supreme Court case, protection from bankruptcy creditors does not apply to inherited IRAs. Hmm. Only traditional IRAs. So again, an IRA trust protects the beneficiaries in an inherited IRA. Okay. Well, so they knocked that out of the way for us. Let's get into specifics about setting up the IRA trust. Now, if a husband and wife both have their own IRAs, do they both need an IRA trust? In most cases, yeah. Um, Remember, an IRA trust becomes effective at the death of the IRA owner and the spouse. So since we have no way of knowing who's going to pass first, one trust is generally needed for each. Okay. And after the first spouse passes, their IRA trust will dissolve because the spouse generally will be the first beneficiary. Right, right. Then when the surviving spouse passes, their IRA trust will become primary beneficiary to protect and control the assets for their heirs. All right. What happens in the case of a blended marriage with children from previous marriages? Would they set up... One IRA trust or two or, or what? Good question. And, you know, we're seeing a whole lot more of this lately. In fact, uh, Bryce, you and I were sitting down with a couple. Uh, it was Tuesday evening, and uh, they have uh, a blended marriage. Right. It's a second marriage for each. They both have uh, children from their original marriage, and now those children are, are having children of their own. So you've got grandchildren in play now. So, yeah, it, it, you know, it, this is where we need to remind folks that the situation is different in every respect for everybody. But, for example, if someone wants to make sure their own children from a previous marriage 
will be the ones receiving the balance of an IRA after their spouses pass. An IRA trust will do exactly that. You know, the IRA trust will be drafted in a way that gives the surviving spouse flexibility to use the money in the IRA for necessary support, but would prevent that spouse from, in turn, naming their own beneficiaries to receive the remaining assets. Okay. Doug, now some folks we talk to want to leave some of their IRA to a charity in addition to their kids and grandkids. How is that going to come into play with an IRA trust? Well, quick question. Right now, we're working with a client down in our Charlotte office. He wants to leave his entire IRA to a charity. He he says, I really want to screw Uncle Sam as hard as I can. <laughs> and he, in his case, he really doesn't need this IRA money for, you know, for his retirement. He's got plenty of other assets to, to leave to, to beneficiaries. So, in short. If you're leaving IRA money to a charity, you want it to go directly to the charity. So, for example, let's say you have an IRA. You want 20% of it to go to a charity and 80% of it to beneficiaries. Okay. So all you do is you set up the charity as the primary beneficiary of 20% of the assets, and then the IRA trust is funded with the remaining 80% that in turn goes to naming the heirs. And that allows the charity to bypass having to pay tax. Huh. Well, I didn't realize the charity would have to pay tax in the first place. What about the paperwork? There's always paperwork. Yeah, sure. But, you know, the attorney that you're going to use is going to handle all that for you. You know, generally what you're doing is you're sitting down with them. You're answering questions. Uh, you're telling them, you know, your wishes and your goals for this IRA trust. The meeting with the attorney, they're going to make sure they understand the details and specifics as far as the beneficiaries and so forth. And they're going to complete all this necessary paperwork and get it filed for you. And again, you know, changes can always be made up until the time of death, which is why it's revocable versus irrevocable. So it doesn't sound then like it's taking years to get this all put down on paper. I mean, a person sits, what, down with their financial advisor and attorney, irons out the goals, then completes the paperwork to make it happen? Is that about it? That's about it. I mean, in summary, an IRA trust can be, you know, a very powerful tool to preserve money once you pass, and especially... If there's a concern about money that your heirs will receive and could be subject to creditors, future divorces, excessive taxes, or poor decision-making. All right, so if you're sitting out there and you've been listening to the show today and you think that, uh, gee, this IRA trust, it sounds sounds kind of good. Maybe you ought to look into it. I know we threw a lot at you about IRA trust this morning, but um, I want to throw out an offer. Come in and sit down with us and go through our planning process. Again, we do this for you for free with no obligation at all. And we will talk you through or help you go through the decision-making process about an IRA trust if you think that is something that should be part of your estate tool. Now, let me give you an example of what what we're going to do for you. You know, it's a four-meeting process. In the first meeting, basically, it's a get-to-know-each-other meeting. We're going to ask you to bring documents in. We're going to ask you lots of questions, make you feel comfortable, want you to ask all the questions you got on your mind. And then um, that'll take about an hour. Then our second meeting, you're going to come back in, and we're going to show you what your Social Security optimization looks like. We're going to do a risk analysis, a risk uh profile on your accounts. We'll do a risk tolerance test on you, and we'll see if the two line up. Most of the time, you'd be surprised how far apart you are from your 
what you think you have in, in your accounts. Polar opposite most of the times. Polar say. opposite. Yep. And then we're going to do a thorough fee analysis on your account. Most of you have no clue how much you're paying in fees, and you're going to be surprised. Everybody is, right, Bryce? Uh, yeah, everybody is. I would say more often than not, it's about uh, twice the fees as what they thought they were paying when all is said and done. Exactly. Third meeting, that's when we put it all together, show it up to you on the big screen. We can play all kinds of different what-if scenarios. What if I retire now? What if I wait five years? What if we move to Florida? Anything you want to throw in there. We get it fine-tuned, custom-built for you. We show you our recommendations for how we are going to restructure your retirement account to keep you from losing money. Our goal is to keep it within a 10% drawdown in a 2008-type environment and also cut your fees. You know, Doug, that's probably my favorite meeting right there is the third meeting because we do an apples-to-apples comparison of a timeline scenario of what happens to their current scenario if they don't make any changes, how that plays out with their net assets through retirement, and show them the same scenario with our recommendations and the numbers more often than not just speak for themselves. Yep. And then the fourth meeting, that's when you get your written retirement plan all bound up and tabbed. And almost everybody who goes into retirement now goes into it blind without a road map. That's our written retirement plan. It's bound. It's We summarize it in the fourth meeting. And then we ask you, where do we go from here? Do you want to work with us or does it take more meetings, more questions, more answers. And of course, the whole thing is no cost, no obligation. The worst that can happen is that you've spent a couple hours of your time better preparing for retirement. So go on our website at www.thewealthguardians.com. Poke around there. Take a look at us. Take a look at all the free information we've got on there. We put out a white paper just about every week on on some topic or another. Mm -hmm. And then give us a call. The number is 336-391-3409. And uh, let Joy know when you call in that you want to set up that initial appointment with us, and she'll get you scheduled. Uh, We uh, see folks uh, all the time up here in our uh, triad office in, uh, in Clemens, North Carolina. So until next week, we'll sign off and wish you a great weekend. Happy Easter, everybody. 